We meet today in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 1 to verse 34. This is the last chapter of the Proverbs of Solomon which he wrote and arranged. After this, we come to the Proverbs of Solomon that were arranged by the men of Hezekiah. Evidently, Solomon wrote a great many Proverbs. We have only a very small percentage of the total number of the Proverbs he wrote. These are tremendous truths that have been placed in a very small compass. They can grip and direct our lives. Proverbs 24 verse 1 and verse 2 Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their heart devises violence, and their lips talk of trouble-making. This has been presented to us before. We find a repetition of the things which are important. For example, a great deal has been said about the use of the tongue and about pride and about being a fool. They are the things that are constantly emphasized because they are translated into life, you see. We find these people not only on the pavements of Harare, but in your own town, in my town, wherever. That is the reason I said that you will find a proverb that will fit every person you know. We have already found a great number which fit different characters actually in the Bible. Psalm 73, a psalm written by Asaph, deals with the same subject as our verse here in Proverbs say. Asaph says, For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. They speak loftily, they set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walks through the earth. This is Asaph's description of the evil practices of men in Psalm 73, verse 3 to verse 9. Actually, Asaph was disturbed about that, and I'm of the opinion that you have been disturbed by it also. I certainly have heard these feelings myself. Now Absalom deals with this matter. He says, do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. Why? Because a day of reckoning is coming. Asaph said he didn't understand why the wicked prospered until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Psalm 73 verse 17. You see, their end is that God will deal with them. As we look upon the world, we see a great deal of injustice and there is little that you and I can actually do. You and I need to recognize our place in life. It is going to make us happier people if we realize that God put each of us in our own particular place to fulfill his purpose here on earth. I look at wicked men who are prosperous and I don't understand it. I have told God many times that I don't understand it. Don't you be afraid to tell God just as Asaph did. But the important thing is for you to go on with God, trusting him to work it out for you. Now we need to learn to look at things from God's point of view. The Bible is full of instances of wicked men who came to a bad end. It starts with Cain in the book of Genesis. 
Even a man like Lot, although he was a saved man, chose to live in the city of Sodom and prospered there. But there came a day when he wished he had not moved to Sodom. You see, there is a way that seems right in the eyes of men, but its end is death. It was a sad mistake for him to do that. So, if you will go through the word of God, you will find people who prospered for a time and then see how judgment has come time and time again. That is important for us to understand and that should teach us today. When we see the wicked prospering, let's not envy them. Judgment is coming. Through wisdom, a house is built and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Proverbs 24, verse 3 to verse 4. Wisdom here, referring to the fear of the Lord, is the perfect foundation for every household that would ever prosper materially and spiritually. This is a wonderful picture of what we are to do. A man builds a house and then he fills that house with furniture, with lovely pictures and tapestries, with beautiful personal items and valuable things. It is a pleasure to see a home like that, a beautiful home that is testifully furnished. You and I ought to be building us a house down here, a house of wisdom, a house of knowledge. We should begin to store our minds and our hearts with all kinds of wonderful furniture, verses, pictures, and lovely things. This was the thing that Paul admonished Timothy when he said to him, Be diligent to present yourself, approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Timothy 2 verse 15 You and I, should be filling our hearts and our lives with the word of God. Oh, my friend, let's be working towards a beautiful mansion. Let's not be satisfied with a matchbox house here on earth. Let us decorate that house which is coming. If we cathart that house, we will prepare for it. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Proverbs 24, verse 5 to verse 6. Now, leaders are often praised for their decision-making abilities, but wise decision-making is rarely a solo performance, my friend. Effective leaders invariably surround themselves with people who can provide accurate and timely information, who can give insights as to the meaning of that information and offer suggestions and advice about the best course of action to take. In the end, the leader has to make the call, but getting to that point is usually a team effort. That is wise advice. The book of Proverbs reflects the need for counsel not only for leaders, but for every person who wants to honor God in life. My friend, surround yourself with godly counsel. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Proverbs 24 verse 10. Now,
strength in the face of adversity, is the true test of one's endurance. It takes a man to do a man's job. Now we use the old saying that says, never send a boy to do a man's work. God uses these times of real stress and strain and testing to develop our spiritual character. That is why he enables us to grow. It is in the hour of trial that you and I must manifest the spiritual strength that we have. It is a great comfort for us to know that many of God's men turned and ran when their test came. Elijah had been so brave on the top of Mount Carmel, but when he heard that Jezebel was after him with the intention of killing him, he took off and ran for the wilderness until he got down to Beersheba. He left his servant there and continued in the desert, climbed under a juniper tree and said, Lord, let me die. That is recorded in First Kings chapter 19 verse 4. When David was hunted by King Saul, he didn't have a moment of peace, no. David said that he was haunted like a partridge in the mountains and that one of these days they would catch him and put him to death. He became very discouraged. Both David and Elijah learned in that hour that the Lord would and strengthen them. That is why we have it in record. But David found strength in the Lord his God. The other versions would say, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Deliver those who are drawn towards death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? Proverbs 24 verse 11 and verse 12. Now there is somebody you could help and you know you could. There is somebody to whom you could witness for Christ and you may be the only person that person will listen to. Now a man can get under great conviction because he neglected to do something at a time when he should have done it. The Lord God is the one who ponders the hearts. He considers the heart. In such an incident, when we know we have failed to do something that we should have done, there is nothing left but to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me, I failed. I come to you now asking you to strengthen me and help me. The Lord will hear that kind of prayer. He will deliver a man from being overwhelmed by grief and guilt of his failure. We do well to mark the importance of this proverb and reach out to the people who are in need of our help. Do not bypass the people who need your help. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Proverbs 24 verse 16. The righteous man always recovers, but the wicked man faces permanent destruction. Seven here is the number of completeness. It means man just keeps on falling. But the just man will get up. Do you know a man like that? Well, Simon Peter was one. But then notice that the wicked shall fall by calamity. 
that is Judas Iscariot. This proverb perfectly illustrates those two disciples of our Lord Jesus, Peter and Judas Iscariot. Peter was a man who was constantly falling. We may say that he failed when he tried to walk on the water. I don't really think that he failed because he did walk on the water. He walked on the water to come to Jesus. But when he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at those rolling waves, he began to go under. He began to sink. But remember that the Lord rescued him and he walked back to the boat with Jesus. But Peter certainly fell the night the Lord Jesus was arrested. He denied the Lord three times, again and again. And again, Peter failed the Lord, but he always got up and went on with the Lord. It was not so for Judas Iscariot. He fell by calamity. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Proverbs 24, verse 17. When you hear that something bad has happened to someone you haven't really liked very much, don't say, I am glad that happens to him. Now, don't tell me you have never said that because the human nature actually tends to do so. If you haven't said it, you have thought it. God says, do not rejoice when your enemy falls. That is not the way to solve the problem. Why? The reason is given. Lest the Lord see it. And it displeases him, and he turns away his wrath from him. Proverbs 24 verse 18. You see, if you rejoice when your enemy falls, the Lord may turn around and start prospering that man. Then you really will be miserable. So there is a very practical reason for not rejoicing when your enemy falls. Do not fret because of evildoers nor be envious of the wicked. Proverbs 24 verse 19. In other words, you may think we have just read that, as you see. You may think we have just read that. Yes, it is the same thought as in verse 1 of this chapter. Then why is it repeated? Again, it is to show us how important this thing is. The Lord wants us to learn it. Have you noticed that some of the parables and certain of the miracles of our Lord Jesus are also repeated? For example, the feeding of the 5,000 is recorded in all the four Gospels. Each of the Gospel writers adds details which are peculiar to his Gospel. The miracle was of such importance that it is recorded for us four times. The teaching of this proverb needs to be repeated because of its importance. Now, from verse 23 to the end of the chapter, there is a sort of an appendix which is introduced by the words, These things also belong to the wise. These things also belong to the wise. Proverbs 24 verse 23, These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. Here is something else the young man should learn before he graduates. It is not good to show partiality in judgment. This is an important matter in daily living and something which is needed today. Men in public office need to know this. 
Employers need to know this. Anyone in any position of authority needs to know this. There should not be a system of favorites, but justice should be equal to all. He who says to the wicked, you are righteous, him the people will curse, nations will abhor him. Proverbs 24 verse 24. Now there is a great deal of appraising the wicked today. Wicked men are commended. Often the wicked man is called a righteous man. That is one of the worst things that could take place. Do not say, I will do to him just as he has done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. Proverbs 24 verse 29. Well, this verse repeats what we have been hearing over and over again. It is the same message which Paul wrote to the Romans. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Romans 12 verse 19. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, so shall your poverty come like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. Proverbs 24 verse 33 and verse 34. Now, no one schedules burglary, so to say. Thieves break in when they feel the time is right. But as security experts point out, there are many things that property owners can do to keep the time from ever being right for stealing their property. In the same way, there are many things that the people can do to ward off poverty and financial need, but not if they are lazy. Not if they are lazy. Proverbs is not suggesting that all poverty is the result of laziness, God forbid, but that laziness invites sudden disaster and ruin. Notice that the lazy man's vineyard, which requires careful and diligent care, shows every sign of neglect. It is overgrown with thorns and nettles, and its protective stone wall is broken down. As a result, it is both unproductive and vulnerable to attack from foxes and other pests. There can be only one outcome for the owner. No grapes, and that is poverty. Is this the picture of your life, my friend? Think about some of the areas in which diligence and responsibility are crucial. Your job, your family, your finances, your health, your relationship with God. What thorns and thistles have you allowed to grow in these areas so that they are not as productive as they could be? What breaches in the walls have you allowed, making you vulnerable to setbacks and even disasters? Consider carefully and take care. Consider carefully and take instructions from what happens to the lazy man. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 
0614-641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.